0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about something I've, uh, I've I've been writing about at Bearing Arms. I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show much. Um, the concealed carry corruption trial going on uh, out uh, in Santa Clara County. I guess actually San Mateo County. Uh, because there was some conflict of interest in Santa in, uh, Santa Clara County, but involving the now former sheriff, Lori Smith, uh, who was accused by a civil grand jury of corruption and misconduct in office, uh, in large part because of the allegations of a pay-to-play scandal involving uh, concealed handgun permits issued by her office. Two of her top deputies are facing criminal charges. She was able to avoid those criminal charges, but uh, is facing a jury in a civil trial that could result in her removal from office. Except that after the uh, jury started deliberating, Sheriff Smith decided to resign. Yeah. And now her attorney, she said it had nothing to do with the trial, by the way. She told a uh, reporter outside of the courtroom, oh, no, 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 no. I just want to make sure you know there's an easy transition here. And then her attorney goes into court and tells the judge, well, hey, listen, now that uh, my client's retired, And the penalty, if she would have been convicted here, would be removal from office. It's kind of moot, right? So uh, might as well just dismiss the jury and uh, case closed here, Judge. Yeah, a judge will decide today whether or not to grant that request. But uh, thankfully, there are some uh, local press outlets in the Bay Area who are calling Smith out for her cowardly decision to resign rather than face a jury's verdict. The uh, East Bay Times With an editorial today uh, saying that her resignation makes a mockery of the judicial system, uh, noting that if the sheriff really wanted to resign to, you know, uh, avoid all of this controversy and make an easy transition, she could have done so two years ago uh, when the extent of her failings first came to light. At the very least, the editors right; she should at least have quit last December when a uh, Santa Clara County civil grand jury called for her removal from office and accused her again of uh, corruption and willful misconduct. Instead, they write, she stalled and ran out the clock. And now, almost a year later, San Mateo County Superior Court Judge Nancy Feynman will rule today day on a request by Smith's attorney to dismiss the accusation, arguing again on Monday that the penalty she faces is now meaningless. The East Bay Times editors write that the argument will likely carry the day from a legal perspective, however unfortunate it would be, allowing Smith to quit at this stage of the trial enables her to avoid accountability and robs the public of the closure that they need. The paper notes that they first called on the sheriff to resign in September of 2020 after she invoked her Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination when appearing before a county criminal grand jury as part of a pay-to-play concealed carry investigation law enforcement officials must be held they write to a higher standard to the highest legal standard as well as highest ethical standards must be fully cooperative and in any criminal investigation her refusal to answer questions under oath about whether the county's top cop knew about corruption in her office or worse was involved in it made her unfit they write to hold that position and then in August of last year the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors unanimously voted no confidence in Smith and called for that civil grand jury investigation, citing not only the pay to play scheme but the excessive uh, alleged excessive abuse of the county jail that cost to taxpayers tens. Of millions of dollars. They note that the subsequent civil grand jury accusation led Smith engaged in political favoritism by leveraging her control over issuing concealed carry weapons permits. Sheriff also accused of failing to cooperate with the county law enforcement auditor in an investigation into negligence allegations stemming from a 2018 jail inmate's injury that led to a $10 million county settlement. The editors of the East Bay Times write to this day, there's been no penalty for Smith. And now, with her resignation just two months before the end of her term, she will again avoid accountability. That's not justice. And they say the system has failed Santa Clara County residents. They deserved a sheriff who was trustworthy and adhered to the highest law enforcement standards. And Lori Smith, they say, failed to meet that standard. Yeah, to put it lightly, you know, some of the allegations that have come to light over the course of this trial were that uh, if you were connected to the sheriff or if you had something of value to her re-election campaign, uh, cash or prizes, right? The odds were in your favor that you were going to get a concealed carry license, even if you didn't meet all the requirements. Uh, There was one individual who testified that he never completed the proof of training, never provided proof of training. Didn't matter. He was given a... Concealed handgun permit anyway. Uh, there was a witness who testified that he never – this is back when California was still using their May issue, right? So he had to provide a justifiable reason for you to carry. He left that line blank. Didn't matter. Still approved. Meanwhile, average ordinary citizens in San Mateo County who did provide proof of training, who documented threats against their lives, they weren't even denied. Their application was just stuck in a drawer somewhere and forgotten about. And when they would call months later and say, hey, what's going on? They were given the runaround. Some cases told, ah, we've just got a huge backlog. Sorry, it's taking us forever. And then maybe they'd get denied or maybe they wouldn't hear anything at all. You know, we've talked before about the inherent flaws in the May issue system, the fact that these – Arbitrary and capricious decisions on whether or not somebody gets to exercise a fundamental right uh, is an infringement on that right. But even if you don't believe that the right to keep and bear arms actually protects the right to both keep and bear arms, allowing a sheriff or a judge or whoever the, the, the issuing authority is, that, that arbitrary and subjective power to decide who gets to exercise a right, opens the process up to the type of graft and corruption that was documented by prosecutors in Santa Clara County. And it's not just this county. We saw a similar licensing scandal in the New York Police Department just a few years ago where officers were accused of moving applications up to the front of the line or in some cases approving applications after receiving thousands of dollars, again, worth of uh, cash and prizes. That is wrong, and it is fueled by a system that allows for this type of arbitrary decision-making. And sadly, even though the Supreme Court has struck down, may issue laws, we've seen anti-gun states try to get around this. They're putting new subjective rules in place. So instead of uh, having to provide some sort of justifiable reason uh, why you want to carry a firearm. Now you have to provide proof of your good moral character. Again, an arbitrary and subjective term. Um, Massachusetts, you have to determine your uh, su- or the, the Well, you don't have to. The police will determine your suitability to carry a firearm, meaning that even if you can legally keep a gun in your home for self-defense, there's this whole separate uh, and overly broad and vague and arbitrary standard as to whether or not you get to exercise your right to carry a firearm for self-defense. I wish that the Bruin decision had made all this go away. Unfortunately, it has not. Uh, we have seen several anti-gun states act in de- outright defiance of the Supreme Court's decision. Uh, And this type of arbitrary and subjective decision-making authority is still given to law enforcement in anti-gun states like California, New York, New Jersey, and others. So this fight is going to continue, and it would have been nice. I'm going to assume that uh, the judge is going to dismiss this case, but it would have been nice. It would have been appropriate, and it would have been justice. For Sheriff Smith, who actually have faced a jury's verdict here. But while she may avoid a verdict in the court of law, there is no avoiding the verdict in the court of public opinion. And the court of public opinion, I think, is squarely on the side of the prosecution here. Uh, the evidence is pretty plain that, regardless of how much the sheriff was aware, the policy and the practice in her office. On her watch was that if you were well-connected, if you had deep pockets and you were willing to hand over some money to a supposedly independent reelection campaign for the sheriff, you greatly improved your chances of obtaining a concealed carry permit. And if you were just an average citizen wanting to protect yourself against an abusive ex or a stalker you're out of luck. That's not how we treat our rights in this country. And uh, frankly, the sheriff is getting off easy. I'm sorry, the now former sheriff is getting off easy by uh, resigning ahead of a jury's verdict. So I'm glad to see the East Bay Times weighing in and speaking out here. But uh, we need as gun owners to uh, do our part to to remind even non-gun owners of the graft and corruption that is fueled by the gun control advocates favored policies uh, and how those policies in our justice system can still allow individuals who abuse that process of escaping legal consequences. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a a case out of Rio Arriba, New Mexico, where a uh, man charged with first-degree murder uh, has been placed on GPS monitoring, despite a history of not showing up in court. Yeah, you can't make this up. By the way, crime has become a big issue in the New Mexico uh, governor's race. Uh, Michelle Luan Grisham Uh, has been dinged for releasing uh, someone early uh, as part of her COVID policies who went on to, again, be accused of murder. Now you've got a a separate case here. 28-year-old Jared Mestis charged with first-degree murder along with uh, evidence tampering. Allegedly back on October 17th, uh, Mestis grabbed a handgun from his vehicle and fired at a guy named Elmer Sanchez Jr., shooting and killing him after a verbal confrontation. Search warrant was obtained for uh, uh, They were able to take him into custody the next day. According to KOAT, the 28-year-old has a lengthy criminal history, including drug charges, along with several failures to meet probation requirements. But he also has a history of failing to appear in court, which makes a judge's decision to release him on GPS monitoring absolutely inexplicable here. His preliminary hearing is set for December 20th at 2 p.m., but there is no guarantee that Mestis is going to show up. And given the serious nature of the charges that he's facing along with his previous criminal history, I have no earthly idea why a judge would uh, agree to release this defendant with GPS angle monitoring. Keep in mind, you know, in, in Texas, the guy that shot up that uh, hospital uh, just a few weeks ago, convicted felon, also in GPS monitoring. And that didn't stop that crime. In fact, now you've got police in Texas who are speaking out against the expanded use of electronic monitoring, saying this doesn't protect the public. And here you have a, a judge in New Mexico saying, well, public be damned. Let's go ahead and let this accused murderer who has a history of not showing up in court out with an angle monitor device. I'm sure that will be enough to keep him on the straight and narrow. Today's Armed Citizens story from Romney, West Virginia. Uh, the Hampshire County Sheriff, they're releasing more information on a, a, a shooting at a bus stop that happened last week. It happened about 6.30 in the morning last Wednesday. Uh, Police say a man named uh, John Delaney was sitting in his pickup truck at the bus stop around 6.30. There were some kids around when a guy named Sean Davis walked up to Delaney's pickup truck with a knife in hand. Apparently, the two did have a history, according to the sheriff, but uh, the sheriff says he's not ready to elaborate on what that history might be. Uh, However, uh, Hampshire County Sheriff Nathan Sion says Davis was carrying a knife at the time he approached Delaney. There was a verbal confrontation, and Delaney reported that Davis had reached through the window with a knife. At the time, the knife was closed, but Delaney said that he was afraid that uh, Davis was going to flip it open, and that's when he fired two shots, striking Davis in the chest. Sheriff says that Delaney exited his truck after the shooting, called 911, began to perform CPR, but Davis was pronounced out of the scene. Uh, There were five kids at the bus stop who witnessed what happened. Sheriff says uh, children are obviously interviewed differently than adults. There there are trained interviewers who we work with closely uh, who conduct these interviews. But these statements were all very consistent and uh, indicating that uh, all of those statements were in favor of uh, Mr. Delaney acting in self-defense. The sheriff says that investigators will pass on their findings to the local prosecutors likely to present that information to a grand jury. But uh, no arrests have been made. Uh, the uh, firearm was legally possessed by Delaney. Legally was uh, Delaney was legally allowed to own it and carry it. West Virginia is a uh, constitutional carry state. So he's not facing any gun charges. And at this point, again, all evidence is that Delaney was acting in uh, self-defense. We will uh, keep our eyes on the story, bring you any more updates uh, if and when they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing in Garland, Texas, where a good Samaritan Able to pull two people from a uh, crash, serious crash, involving two semi-trucks in uh, Garland, Texas. Jesse Wilkerson was actually on his way to East Texas to go hunting. It was about 4.45 Tuesday morning when he ran across the immediate aftermath of this crash. He said, I didn't see what caused it, but I did see the accident happen, and I realized that I was the only person there at the moment. He said, I jumped out. I realized that the driver... Of one of the vehicles had his head and hands out the window, but the whole cab of the truck was just smashed. So Wilkerson said he was able to help the driver get free, pulled him over to a concrete barrier uh, in-, in between the uh, you know highway there, and that's when the driver said, hey, there's somebody else in the cab. There was somebody sleeping in the back. So Jesse Wilkerson said he went back, uh, saw the second man, started to pull him out, quickly realized the man's leg was broken. He said, I just used what I could, the strength I had. And I reached underneath him and picked him up over my shoulders and carried him over to the other lane and put him next to his buddy. By this time, he said, I could see that his leg was severely broken. Uh, Police showed up just a couple of moments later. Wilkerson said the whole thing happened in less than two minutes. He said, I just knew these guys were in trouble. And if nobody's there, they needed help. He said, at a time like that, you got to decide if somebody's life is worth taking a risk for. And I believe it is. Sadly, one of the two men that uh, Jesse Wilkerson was able to pull from the wreckage did pass away from their injuries, but uh, the second one is expected to recover. That might not have been the case had Jesse Wilkerson not been there uh, to extricate those individuals from that uh, serious crash. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, on his way to go hunting, Jesse Wilkerson, proud Texan. We thank you, sir, for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program as always, and I'm looking forward to seeing you back here again tomorrow as well. In the meantime, don't forget to check out bearingarms.com We're constantly updating the website with all of the two-way information that you need to know about, including the... Blame making gun control advocates are already starting to make a week out from Election Day uh, and some of the latest legal fights as well. We've got the new lawsuits that we're uh, covering at the website today. So be sure to check that out. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. We certainly do appreciate it. All you have to do is go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code gun rights and you can get a pretty steep discount a discount on your vip membership as our way of saying thanks for showing your support for the independent pro segment of journalism we do at bearing arms we're going to give you exclusive content news stories and analysis you won't get anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference so thank you again have a great rest of your wednesday we'll see you back here tomorrow for another edition of bearing arms cam and company until then be well be safe and be free